Book Seven, Chapter Three of A Family of Noblemen by Mikhail Saltikov Shedrin, translated by Avram Yarmolinsky, eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book Seven, The Settlement, Chapter Three anninka soon introduced an atmosphere of bohemian life into yudushka's nest she rose late and would roam about the house until dinner-time undressed uncombed with an aching head and coughing in such agony that each time it would send a shudder through porfiry vladimirych in his study and quite frighten him her room was always untidy the bedding in disorder and her clothes lying about on the chairs and floor at first she saw her uncle only at dinner and evening tea the master of golovliovo came out of his room all dressed in black spoke little and ate with his old-time exasperating slowness he was apparently observing her after dinner came the early december twilight anninka loved to watch the glimmer of the grey winter day gradually die out and the fields grow dim she loved to see the shadows flood the rooms until finally the whole house was plunged in impenetrable darkness in the darkness she always felt at ease and hardly ever lit the candles the only one she allowed to burn was at one end of the sitting-room it was of cheap palm wax and sputtered and dripped its feeble flame formed a tiny circle of light for some time the house would be astir with the usual after-dinner noises plates would rattle in the hands of the dishwashers and drawers open and closed with a clatter but soon the sound of receding steps would be heard and a dead silence begin to reign porfiry vladimirych would take his after-dinner nap and yevpraxia bury herself in the bedding in her room prokhor would go into the servants room and anninka would remain entirely alone she would pace from room to room humming trying to tire herself out but chiefly endeavouring to drive her thoughts away in walking toward the sitting-room she would fix her eyes upon the circle of light about the candle and walking away from it she would try to single out some point in the darkness and keep her eyes fixed on it but in spite of her efforts reminiscences surged up in her mind irresistibly she saw the dressing-room with its cheap wallpaper the inevitable pier-glass and the equally inevitable bouquet from lieutenant pankov the second the stage with the stage properties sooty slippery from the damp the hall with its pieces of furniture picked up at random and its boxes upholstered in threadbare purple plush the hall which seen from the stage looked trim and even splendid but in reality was dark and miserable and finally officers 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 without end then she saw the hotel with the vile smelling corridor dimly lit by the smoky kerosene lamp the room she would dart into in order to change her dress for further triumphs the room with the bed in disorder from the morning the washstand full of dirty water the bedsheet lying on the floor her cast-off underwear forgotten on a chair next she saw herself in the general dining-room filled with kitchen odours the table set for supper with its tobacco smoke noise crowds drinking debauchery and again officers 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 without end such were her memories of the time she had once called the years of her successes triumphs prosperity these reminiscences were followed by others the prominent part in which was played by the inn filled with a foul stench 
with walls on which the vapour froze in the winter-time insecure flooring and board partitions the glossy bellies of bed-bugs showing in the crevices nights of drinking and brawls travelling squires hastily taking greenbacks out of their meagre pocket-books merchants encouraging the actresses almost with a whip in hand and in the morning headaches nausea and utter dejection at last golovliovo golovliovo was death itself relentless hollow-wombed death constantly lying in wait for new victims two uncles had died there two cousins had received mortal wounds and lubinka although lubinka to be sure had died somewhere in krechetov because of her own affairs yet the origin of her wounds went back to her life at golovliovo all the deaths all the poisonings all the pestilence came from there there the orphans had been fed on rotten cured meats there they heard the first words of hatred and contempt for human dignity not the slightest childish misdeed had passed without punishment nothing could be hidden from the stony-hearted eccentric old woman not an extra bite of bread not a broken clay doll not a torn rag not a worn shoe each breach of law and order was instantly punished either with a reproach or a slap and then when they had been permitted to dispose of themselves when they had understood that they might run away from the disgusting place they ran there and nobody kept them from running away nor could they have been kept from running away because they could imagine nothing worse or more repulsive than golovliovo ah oh, if all that could only be forgotten if one could create a different existence in one's dreams a magic world that would supplant both the past and the present but alas the reality aninka had lived through had so powerful a hold that the clutch of it suppressed the feeble efforts of her imagination in vain did fancy endeavour to imagine angels with silvery wings from behind those angels peeped inexorably the legions of kukishovs lyulkins zabvenis popkovs lord was all lost even the ability to deceive and beguile herself had that been lost forever in the night revels in wine and in debauchery yet that past had to be killed somehow so as not to poison her blood and rend her heart it had to be crushed utterly annihilated how strange and ruthless was that which had happened it was impossible even to conceive of some future of some door by which to escape from the situation of anything at all that might occur to change things nothing could occur and what was even more unbearable was the fact that to all intents and purposes she was already dead with the outward signs of life yet present she should have ended it then along with lubinka somehow she had remained alive how was it that the mass of shame which had come upon her then from all sides had not crushed her and what an insignificant worm she must have been to have crept out from underneath that heap of heavy stones piled up on top of her she groaned in agony and ran about the sitting-room trying to kill the burning memories before her eyes swam familiar images the duchess of herolstein shaking a pelisse claret ango on her wedding-gown with a slit in front up to her waist-line fair helen with slits in front behind and at the sides nothing but obscenity and nakedness that was what her life had consisted of could all that possibly have occurred about seven o'clock the house came to life again 
the sounds of the preparations for tea were heard and at last came the voice of porfiry vladimirych uncle and niece sat down at the tea-table and exchanged remarks about the day just ended but the daily happenings were scanty and so the conversation was brief having taken tea and kissed anninka on the forehead yudushka crept back into his den while anninka went into yevpraksia's room to play cards at eleven o'clock the debauchery began having ascertained that porfiry vladimirych was fast asleep yevpraksia set the table with various country corn meats and a bottle of vodka now came meaningless and obscene songs strumming on the guitar and anninka drinking between the songs and the shameless talk at first she drank after kukishev's manner coolly with a lord bless us to each glass but then she gradually sank into gloom and began to moan and curse yevpraksia looked at her and pitied her as i look at you lady she said i am so sorry for you so sorry drink with me and you won't be sorry anninka retorted no how can i they nearly chased me out of the clergy estate because of your uncle and now if i become well then it can't be helped let me sing you the moustache she strummed the guitar again and again came the cry iach ioch late at night sleep would suddenly overtake her obliterating her past and allaying her sufferings for a few hours the next day broken down half insane she would again creep out from beneath a deadening load of sleep and live anew one of those vile nights when anninka was singing her filthy songs to yevpraksia yudushka's pale face ghastly and harassed appeared in the doorway his lips were quivering his sunken eyes looked like sightless cavities by the light of the candle his hands were folded for prayer for a few seconds he stood in front of the dumbfounded women and then slowly faced round and passed out end of book seven chapter three recording by expatriate in bangor maine